Hi friends, welcome to Why We Care, the podcast where together we explore our relationship with the natural world and learn how we can restore our connection with it. I'm your host Tiffaine, I grew up in the French part of Switzerland and I now live in London where I work as a freelancer in the environmental space, helping people and organizations connect the dots for biodiversity. Over the past few years, I've come to realize and understand that the reason why we care and feel such deep hurt when we see a forest being cut down or a whale being killed is because nature is where we come from. It's our home and it's who we are and it is so central to our balance and well-being. And yet we've become so disconnected from it. Most of us in the Western world living in concrete buildings, walking on concrete roads, living our lives away from the natural world. But I really do think that we need that connection with nature now more than ever. So this podcast is all about finding ways to restore that connection while protecting and regenerating the ecosystems around us. In today's episode, I'm chatting with Kel Spellman, an actor, radio presenter and WWF ambassador. He's also the host of the WWF podcast, Call of the Wild, which is one of the first environmental podcasts I started listening to a few years ago. Kel is one of those people who can talk about his love for the natural world for hours, and I felt like this conversation with him would be perfect to open the new season of Why We Care, as we dive deep into why nature is so central to our well-being and how important it is to spend time connecting with it in our everyday lives. He also shared some of his most important learnings from his years as a host of the WWF podcast and how he takes care of his mental health. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider sharing it with a friend and following at Why We Care Podcast on Instagram for updates. And once you're done with this one, I also highly recommend checking out the WWF Call of the Wild podcast hosted by Kel. He's interviewed some really wonderful guests such as Poppy Okocha, Lily Cole and Sir David Attenborough. I hope you're feeling comfortable and relaxed. Take a moment to unclench your jaw, drop your shoulders, take a deep breath in, long breath out, and let's dive in. Thank you for caring and sending you lots of love. Hi, Kel. Thank you so much for being here today. The first thing I'd like to ask you is, what's your story? No, thank you so much for having me. Um, My story, wow, I'll keep it short. I am an actor, um, also a presenter from Manchester and acting is kind of all I've known. I started out as a kid, really. Um, and then a little bit later on in life, probably around 15 and 16, I really began this journey uh, into the the planet, uh, the climate, and of course, all the wildlife and plant species that call it home. And yeah, I just have this real love and passion for the for the natural world and of course doing everything that we can all do individually and as a group to to help protect it and and restore it as best we can um and i work with a few different environmental charities and organizations um so yeah i guess that's like a little short answer of of my story i guess Mm-hmm. amazing I love that and um yeah I would love to hear more about so yeah you said you work with quite a few charities I know one of them is WWF you're an ambassador for them so and also the the host of their call of the wild podcast um so maybe could you start by telling us a little bit more about WWF and if you have a favorite project of theirs that um you'd like to share yeah um well WWF usually uh always get mistaken for as the wrestling usually when i tell people i work with wwf they go oh the wrestling and i go no the wildlife oh. <laughs> charity 
Um, oh, that's interesting. I've never heard that one. Before. Have you not? No, yeah. They, <laughs> no. But it, interesting. Yeah, and then they changed their name to WWE because of the clash. So, oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so usually I have to follow it up with not the wrestling, the wildlife charity. <laughs> and uh, a bit of history, WWF have probably been one of the leading global wildlife conservation charities for the last five, six decades. Um, and I'm I'm very proud to, to say I'm an ambassador for them. My relationship with them started when I was about 16, 15. Mm-hmm. And it came out of a feeling of frustration and also... I guess fear and feeling quite overwhelmed because when I was in school and learning about climate change, I remember feeling quite helpless and hopeless and kind of wanted to do something about it. So I was working on television at the time and thought maybe I could use that in some way. And I just, I emailed them and said, look, I know you won't know who I am and you've got people like Sir David Attenborough uh, as ambassadors and supporters, but if there's anything I can do, you know, I, I have a, a particularly like good link with young people. So maybe we could utilize that some way. And that started this a real amazing and yeah, proud, proud journey with, with the charity. Um, and, and they do everything and anything. As I say, they, they began primarily as a, a focus on con, um, protecting wildlife species. That's why their logo is a panda. But obviously, as as kind of the world's changed, you know, charities also have to change the work that they do or how they work. And yeah, they now kind of cover all things, the natural world, the planet, the future uh, and climate change. And there was a real big shift, particularly probably about six, seven years ago, where, you know, we couldn't just talk about preserving wildlife species without talking about preserving the natural world. And there, you'll probably notice there was in, in kind of their messaging and communication, it all became about the bigger picture and uh, them, along with loads of other brilliant charities and organizations, big and small, are just working their hardest to to do all they can to, to make a difference and bring about that change on a on an individual level and on a global, you know, governmental level as well, um, which is kind of why I think they're so great is because they cover both bases. But they do so many projects. The I do a lot of their programs with youth. So that's within schools um, and secondary schools. They have uh, a seagrass restoration project here in the UK. I went and saw that in, in North Wales. Then they're also supporting and helping projects all around the world, whether that's focusing on restoration or conservation of a particular species. I've just got back from visiting a jaguar conservation project in the Atlantic Forest um, in Brazil, which was incredibly special. So it's a whole range of stuff. And then they've also got campaigns trying to encourage people to to use their voice, you know, and, and, and stand up and speak up where they can. And they can then use that to try and inform policy and government. So, yeah, they, they do everything really and, and cover all the bases. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I love that. And um, so yeah, first thing, I'll include a bunch of links uh, for listeners in the in the show notes if you want to find out more. Um, but I love what you said about young people and making that link as well, because actually I have a similar story of when I was a kid. It was, I guess, one of my first um, introductions to the world of conservation was through wildlife, which I guess is the case for a lot of children, because it's like you're like animals and then you're like, oh, dolphins and pandas and how can yeah. I help them? <laughs> and I, I remember very clearly like I was selling stamps for WWF like back in the day in the 90s when I was oh. a kid. 
yeah so that's like the probably my first experience with like a charity even yeah um, no way yeah that's, so it's like yeah very very similar and and i think that that goes to show the you know the power of the panda which is is mm -hmm. their logo i think it's everyone's yeah. the same for you that that was my that's kind of my in my my childhood memory that's the, the one i do remember i remember in here mm. in the uk we had they had these little pandas that you'd you'd find in news agents or shops where you could put your change in and they were everywhere oh, yeah. um mm -hmm. but yeah it's similar to you they they definitely were the the ones that i i, I kind of stand out the most i think that's probably why i reached out to them really but you're mm -hmm. so right as well wild like wildlife species are definitely i think a lot of yeah. people's root in defo mm, yeah it's like a good entry point and then you find out about you know all these other things that need to happen for wildlife to be protected and how by protecting wildlife as well you have an impact on so many other things as well and then absolutely you it's all interlinked um, yeah yeah <laughs> and so what have been your most interesting learnings from your work as um host of the call of the wild podcast is there anything that like stood out or stuck with you uh good question yes um there's there's been loads i think learning and getting to hear this is a, a fairly kind of sad thing to have learned or or just be reminded by um is hearing the impact that the climate crisis is having on people around the world we're in a very fortunate and privileged position where mm -hmm. we're not feeling the worst of of climate change yet we will do but um yeah. at the moment we're okay but getting to hear the stories and hear from people who are on the front line of climate change um, has been, you know, I don't know what the right word would be, but it's, it's been, yeah, really important to me to, to have had them on the podcast. And as I say, hopefully reminding and helping people understand that it's a real threat for, for people and their livelihood and their existence. Um, a big thing that always pops up in most episodes is just that reminder of the power that we do have as the individual. Mm -hmm. I think there is, there is a lot of impetus put on the individual, which I always struggle with sometimes because if we're being completely honest, the big seismic change, is going to have to come from governments and the systems that are in place. But as an individual, when we actually feel quite hopeless, there actually is so much we can do. And and that's been a big overriding thing I've, I've learned is we do have still have so much power, whether that's through voting, whether that's through joining local groups, how you spend your money is massive. That's one that always comes up. How you're spending your money and where you're spending your money is a great way for you to to make that difference in in your own small way. Um, and also as well, I've I've just learned there are actually so many brilliant things happening um, by companies and by people who are trying and working the hardest to to make a difference and find positive solutions to to some of the the biggest threats and problems that we face. And I've learned about so many of them, and that's been really inspiring. And and also learning about the the power of nature. And how much we really should love and appreciate it because it's a it's a magical thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, that's amazing! Thank you for sharing <laughs> that. I think that's uh, yeah, <laughs> very very cool and definitely. Um, I'll link the podcast as well if people want to. Oh yeah, because it's it's a really nice one, and I do I agree that um 
I've I've listened to a few episodes and I love how you learn a lot, but as you're saying, it's also quite quite a hopeful approach. And I love that uh, this, yeah, often a positive note and it's inspiring you to take action and also like telling stories of people who are helping, which is um yeah, I guess just helps you um stay positive, right? Well that's yeah, and I I, I really appreciate you you saying that. I'm glad it I'm glad it comes through because that was when we set out to do it, that was one of the main the main mm. objectives for me was to kind of create that hopeful feeling because a lot of the time when we talk about the climate and the planet, it's pretty bleak and it's pretty negative mm-hmm. and you're never going to get people to come on board and, you know, maybe be a part of the movement or the change if they feel there's no point. And I, and I think I'm always talking about that. We have to, we have to, you know, talk about the hopeful things, talk about the inspiring things, because there's a lot of it. It just gets lost sometimes. In in Brazil, actually, the the lady who headed up the conservation project, Yara, who is honestly one of the best people I've ever met, most impressive mm-hmm. people I've ever met. Um, but she said in a talk that she was giving, you know, she said, if we're if you're gonna talk about the darkness, don't forget to talk about the light. And I think that's so true. And I think that's something that we should all try and try and remember really we there is light out there and we we have to be reminded of it otherwise it gets too dark mm-hmm. oh I love that that's yeah that's such a I'm, I'm gonna keep that with me it's, it's a lovely a, state reminder yeah. and it's quite like easy to go back to it's like when you when you're feeling like you're in this dark place and yeah it, it feels like there's no hope then just remember there's there's always light as well there's always there's a no jink of light somewhere light. absolutely yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I love that oh thank you for sharing that you're welcome <laughs> And so um, on that note, what's your hope for the future of humanity's relationship with nature? And I know that's quite a, a vast and philosophical question, but like in a dream world, what, what do you hope will happen? Um, I hope that we change fundamentally. Mm-hmm. I hope that we we love and appreciate each other, no matter where we are in the world. And we love and appreciate the natural world as we should, and we respect it. And I also hope that we find that connection again to each other and to the natural world. I think if if those things come into play, I believe things will move in the right direction and pretty quickly. But I guess, yeah, it's quite a, a broad answer, but that is what I hope for. I really do. I just hope that we we finally see sense and we also give the next generations that are coming through the young people who are so inspiring and energizing. I just hope we we don't leave it too late and we we've given them the tools and still the chance to to make the difference and and enjoy the world and everything it has to offer as much as we had. That's what I hope for. And I yeah love and appreciation for for each other the natural world and everything that calls it home I think is will go a long way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay amazing great answer <laughs> oh, I'll take that um, yeah it's um, quite, yeah. quite a big question but I'll try and give it a go. <laughs> big question and a big answer <laughs> um but yeah I also love especially what you're saying about this um idea of like finding that connection again and actually one thing that I wanted to ask you is that there's growing research showing that nature is so important for our mental health and well-being. Obviously, um, co- you know, daily contact with nature and all of that. Not only, and now there's research showing it's not only something that helps 
us when when we're feeling a bit low but more it's something that we absolutely need to be healthy in the same way that we need you know air to breathe and um, food to eat because that's where we come from we come from nature and so we kind of removed ourselves um ourselves from from a that I guess yeah daily contact with nature so um how, what, yeah what's your experience of that and do you have any thoughts on that yeah I, I agree with everything you've kind of said there really we we actually also did a podcast episode uh around this theme around mm-hmm. mental health and I've it's something nature's been such a big part of of my life anyway and it's it really is a a crutch and a life support for myself so I've always I guess turned to nature whenever I've needed it but it's it's been so um I guess eye-opening to to actually realize how many people don't turn to nature mm. when when it comes to our physical and mental and emotional health all health but my experience is that we're finally you know making that connection again I think in that episode as well I learned that here in the UK the NHS are now prescribing time in nature as a form of medicine which mm-hmm. is it's bonkers it was never done before but it just goes to show that you know people's ideas and and how we're viewing it is changing and shifting which is good but yeah i think the key word there is connection you know we are the natural world and the natural world is us we come from it and we rely on it that is our life support system from like you said the air that we breathe to harnessing the energy from the sun to the food that we eat, to the soil in the ground, to the fungi network that that wraps all around the world. Without that, there is no us. Right down as well to all the species and plants, you know, to to bees and our pollinators. And I think when you, if you just remember that, then you go, well, I should probably try and spend as much time in it as possible and and reconnect with that with that space. And when you do reconnect with it and spend time in it, you'll know you're always better off for it even if it just picks your mood up a little bit or you've just had 10 minutes to to just not be thinking about all the things that are running around your head it can't not benefit you in some way um and i just i just think we we should all we should all be spending time in nature and i believe as well that if people can make that connection to the natural world again and find that love and appreciation for it that's also then a feeling that's going to maybe put them on a path of wanting to do more to to be a part of the natural world to help protect it to help preserve it to to help restore it but you can't do that unless you you find that love for it but but my Mm -hmm. feeling is everyone needs to be spending time in nature we're from there and we've definitely lost that connection to it in every sense of the word so i think trying to find that connection again and finding that balance is is key really and as i always say go and hug a tree I love hugging a tree. I love my barefoot walking. No, it sounds a bit mad, but the tree <laughs> will appreciate it and you'll appreciate it. So um, maybe give that tree a little hug when you when you next see one that, that captures you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. And uh, yeah, I love what you were saying as well about how it doesn't have to be, because obviously we all have such busy lives and we're all like caught up in our day-to-day and it it doesn't have to be that you have to go and like you know hike for five days to feel the benefits from it love it you can just like go yeah as you're saying like hug a tree like walk barefoot for yeah 10-15 minutes and then you're already going to feel much more relaxed and I think so I I feel it personally but also um, research has shown that I think 15 minutes is already having an impact on your nervous system and how things um, you know in your brain and everything so that yeah that's quite they've been they've they've been doing it over in Japan for years 
they've mm. known it's a form of medicine, you know. Oh, yeah, and first breathing. Forget- yeah. yeah, and let's not forget as well, the majority of all our medicine, guess where it comes from? The natural world, you know, it's 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 everything to us. And you, you touch on such a great point there. It's it's I think it's so important to say, you know, having access to nature is also a privilege. You know, I was very fortunate enough to grow up in Man, you know, even in Manchester, some parks and green spaces. I'm t- you know, we have to be honest and say that's not that isn't available for everyone, sadly. I believe it should be, but it's not. Mm. But spending time in nature it can be whatever it looks like it might even be you harvesting a tiny little tomato or a chili plant on your windowsill because that's the only little bit of kind of you know outside bit you can get even just that you five ten minutes a day if you're watering it and checking it and and spending time that 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 to me is spending time in nature you know you're spending time with a plant and even if it's a walk around your local area you know it might not be very green and yes you know wildlife particularly in the uk is it's disastrous what we've done to it. It's on a massive decline, but you can still look around and see if you can spot a little bird or, you know, maybe take notice of that little tree or that little hedgerow that you walk past. You know, it's it's still pocketed, pocketed around. You just have to find it and look for it sometimes a bit bit more. But, you know, you can find nature wherever you are. Sometimes, yeah, it can be big, small or green or not green, it, you know, just trying to find it. And as I say, it's um even if it's just that little flower box and a windowsill that's amazing that's magical Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love that I feel like this is turning into like a love letter to nature which I'm probably enjoying (laughs) what it always ends up being with me really yeah (laughs) it's like all the things that make nature so amazing and why uh yeah we need it so much so (laughs) that's really great and so have you have you changed anything in your day-to-day life um since you started working with WWF or hosting the podcast yeah um it's it's an it's an ongoing thing things are Mm. constantly changing and sometimes you fall in back into bad habits and fall into new ones i also would like to prefix this with again this is something i always i'm keen to stress nobody is perfect Mm. no one is doing everything absolutely spot on and living completely harmoniously with our planet and its resources it's near enough impossible. The only people that are doing that really are the indigenous communities around the world because they've been living with nature and in nature since before we can even remember. Um, So you don't have to be perfect. I'm always like, just as long as you've been mainly just thinking about it, being thoughtful, I think is really important. And then if you can make small adjustments, it's huge. Um, For myself, I can't say I'm fully plant-based, but I try my hardest. I'd say 80% of the time, 90% of the time, I am a plant-based diet, but not all the time. I've uh, A big one for me has been looking at finances, as I say, who I'm spending my money with, where I'm banking, um, you know, what, what kind of companies and organizations are you aligning yourself with, with how you're spending your money. That's been a big thing for me over the the last few years in particular, because I've got a bit older, looking at where my pension is, is massive. In fact, it's, it's, if you're old enough to have a pension, look at where your money's been invested in your pension because it's single-handedly one of the easiest and the greenest things we can do to to help mitigate the effects of climate change. Um, as I say, building, trying to make my routine as planet-friendly as it as it can be, walking or cycling, you know, using my reuse a waterable bottle and my, my my coffee cup and my bag for life tiny little things but incorporating them in the routine 
trying to to tell stories and to keep those conversations going as it's been a big part of kind of what I do and and also just trying to educate myself you know reading watching learning and then seeing if I can implement some things from the things I've learned or maybe digested so yeah there there's some of the things but as i say it's 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 an ongoing journey and sometimes you fall off and sometimes you get back on but that's all right i think yeah and 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 cutting down trying to travel less by plane as well is um as i say i'm i'm, I'm not a saint no way but um yeah trying to trying to be aware of where i can can cut down on that and and enjoying more of the uk as well cuz there's so much to explore and see here so yeah that's another thing i've recently been trying to be a bit more aware of and better at Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay amazing i feel like that's a lot of ideas for people and as I you're saying so. it's not about um it's not about being perfect and doing it all to 100 but it's more like what can you do and what little things can you implement and even if you fall off or if you don't if you don't do it perfectly you're still gonna have an impact and i guess also what you were saying before like remembering that we need individual actions but we also need systemic change and so that's like finding that balance and kind of realizing recognizing that there's also that um that comes into account and it's not um massive not all the pressure is on you as an individual no and mm. uh, again I, i'm always saying this the the massive change this planet needs to see and the ambitions that we we need to meet are only going to come from legislation and from world governments and world leaders and big businesses it's on them can we help force their hand absolutely Mm. whether as i say that's you know maybe if there is a if there is a march or it's with your vote or it's right into your mp or it's not shopping or spending money with certain companies that's how we can try and force their hand but ultimately the book stops with them and we you know i think that's that's always important to say because they're always putting it on us and it's like no 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 it's on you it's not on us mm. yeah we can, yeah we can means... do what we can do don't get me wrong we can't be ignorant and we're not you should not do anything but the, the big change has to come from them. Yeah, I agree with that. And so I feel like you've said a little bit already, but is there anything to add on? That's something I ask everyone um, just because I feel like it's always good to have inspiration around that. How do you look after yourself and recharge your batteries and uh, make sure that your mental, that you stay healthy, I guess, from a mental perspective? So important. Um, as we've said, nature's my best friend. Mm. It's always a good reset for me. Uh this will sound so obvious, but actually stopping and switching off. I don't think, I know I don't do it enough. And I know the majority of people around me don't do it enough. No one does it enough. We don't give ourselves the breaks we need. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about like, you know, maybe the odd, you know, weekends definitely. But if you've got that week holiday, go and have that week holiday. And when you're on the holiday, totally switch off, you know, decompress, treat yourself, have some nice food spend some time outside because it's usually what happens is you stop and then you suddenly go, Oh gosh, I didn't know I needed that. And it's usually mm-hmm. too late once you've had burnout or whatever. So definitely listening to your body and your needs and, and giving yourself breaks is important. Coming off your phone is massive. Easier said than done. I know, but uh, I can't, can't stress it enough there. They're everything for us, but they're, they're, they're at the root of a lot of problems, our phones, particularly when it comes to our mental health. So I think actually just coming offline is really important and something I'd, I'd, I'd do quite a lot. Um, and, and lean on the people around you as well, you know. 
your friends, your family. Maybe if you're in school, it's a teacher. But if hopefully, you know, everyone's got at least one person they can turn to. And that would be my other thing is, is just speak about how you're feeling. Whether you're in a good mood or in a bad mood, it's important to talk. And maybe if you're in a moment where you don't feel like you can talk, I promise you, as as hard as it is, and it's okay that it's hard, but as we said at the start of the conversation, there's always there's always a crack of light somewhere in the darkness, and just just find that person who you, who you feel you can talk to, and yeah, I think that that does everyone the world a good just chatting and checking in with yourself and checking with those around you as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, amazing. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I feel like that's no worries. helpful. Um, so that's it for me. Thank you so much. I feel like that was such an interesting conversation with so much food for thought, so many like starting points for people. If you want to look into something, listeners, I'll make sure to include a link, um, a list of links and, and all the stuff you mentioned. You mentioned as well banks and pension. It's funny. I used to work at Make My Money Matter. Uh, like no, I was, I was yeah. I was going to mention make my money matter. No yeah, way, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> you did you recorded a you did a, an interview with uh, Richard Curtis with I Richard, remember. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. so um yeah that's um a very helpful resource. So I'll include the link to that as well because you're right that um money where we keep our money has such a big impact as well. That's and not a lot of people realize. So um yeah, thank you so much. Oh, that was such no. a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. It was it was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. It was um. It was lush and I, I can ramble on. So thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was great. And it was definitely a good balance of advice and like inspiring um, call to action on why we should um, care about nature. So yeah, thank you. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you can, please don't forget to share the episode around you as this really helps the podcast. You can also message me on Instagram at Why We Care Podcast if you have any feedback or thoughts. It's always lovely to hear from you. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. See you next week. Until then, thank you for caring and sending you lots of love.